everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to be talking about supplements. Now, what I came to the conclusion of after I sat down and thought about this was actually what I was going to need to do was to break down these into little chunks. So this is the first of what will be a few um, sort of uh, presentations on supplements. Uh, we're going to be talking about things like, well, today we're going to be talking about fat loss, but we're also going to be talking about things like performance supplements, uh, health, general health supplements, even potentially things like food replacements um, and stuff like that to try and give you some more of an idea of what it is that you should be taking or shouldn't be taking. Uh, and then you, so you can sort of be better, better educated and, and sort of make more progress. So today, what you're going to need to know is you're going to need to understand the basic kind of questions you should be asking before um, taking a fat loss supplement. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to run through uh, the four sort of proven um, supplements that I'd recommend that you take. And also a couple of supplements that uh, sort of stand out as ones that you should really avoid uh, at all costs. Okay. Um, and before we start, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to give you a few considerations that you might want to make before you actually go out and you buy some fat loss supplements. So the first one is that a supplement can only accelerate your fat loss. Um, it can't sort of pull it out of thin air. Now, hopefully by this point, you'll understand that you create fat loss by actually getting the correct calorie balance, by consuming fewer calories than you burn off. And all supplements do is they change your uh, body's ability to maximize that calorie de deficit and make sure as much of the, the, the sort of the extra fuel that you're using is from fat as opposed to other sources, namely uh, sort of um, carbohydrates and maybe things like bone and that kind of stuff and muscles we don't want to use protein either so what you what they can't do what you hear a lot of and there are a lot of sort of snake oil salesmen out there um they can't create fat loss out of nothing now if something could create fat loss out of nothing without there already being a prerequisite calorie deficit i promise you you'd have heard of it by now it would be in every shop in the world and the person that came up with it would be the richest person in the world okay because as far as the western world is concerned this is one of the great unsolved problems of how we can get around this so um so that's something to bear in mind the second thing is what I'm going to discuss. I'm only going to talk about the supplements that definitely work as opposed to, or at least definitely work beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and I'm also going to talk about what it is that we know definitely doesn't work. Okay. There's a huge amount of research out there about supplements, specifically fat loss being obviously a big target. And there are a huge number of possible options in terms of things that might work or things that sort of work a bit, but it depends on who it is that you're giving them to. I'm only going to discuss the things that you absolutely need to know. I'm not going to waste your time. So if it's not included in here, then it either doesn't work particularly well or they're not, people aren't that sure or it doesn't work at all. Okay. Those are the two options of things that we're, that we're talking about. And if you have any questions about anything, you can always just drop me a message. You can ask um, and I'll give you a chat, but I'm going to try and keep this as concise as I can. The last thing, and this should apply to all supplement purchases is that you should never listen to anyone who sells supplements. Now, I've got my information from an independent website. It's called examine.com. I'm going to give you the, um, the the website at the end of the presentation. So, um, and basically the idea is if anyone has any kind of vested interest, especially financial interest in selling you a supplement, 
um, or getting you to buy a supplement, then you should discredit their, um, their their opinion on the basis that there are meta, more unbiased resources out there. Okay, I'm one of them. I don't sell supplements. I never will sell supplements for that reason. Um, the the website that I get most of my information from, because um, I don't just make this up, is um, is examining. They are also they basically they only make money by selling supplement guides by having memberships to access to research, uh, and they don't sell anything. They have no affiliations. They don't recommend products. So. That's a really important thing for you to consider before we go through, okay? Um, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna have a quick go at running through the, the four main supplements that really, really work when it comes to fat loss. And the first one is a familiar friend, uh, and that's protein. Now, you know protein, hopefully at this point, you know protein. Uh, there is another video um, about protein that I've made in the lab. And um, the main ways that protein helps people to lose fat is that it increases the thermic effect of feeding, which is one of the uh, few ways that you burn calories. And that basically means that it's more difficult for your body to break protein down, 100 calories of protein, versus either 100 calories of carbohydrates or 100 calories of fat. So you eat 100 calories of, of all of them, you will end up with net fewer calories if you eat protein. So what we want to do is we want to make give you effectively a high protein diet. The second thing is that actually proteins are more satiating and more thin than carbohydrates or fat. So given an open-ended amount of food, you will eat fewer calories to start with if you consume more protein. And this is even more so if you combine them together with either carbohydrates or fat or even both, which is why I'm very big on getting you to add protein to your meals and have balanced meals because it's going to help you to feel more full, be more satiated and then eat fewer calories. The last thing is, is that actually converting sort of protein, excess proteins into fat is very inefficient and your body is much more likely if it has lots of spare calories going around um, at any given point, it's going to use those proteins as fuel or worst case convert them into glycogen very few of the extra calories that you consume as protein will be converted into fat. So what we have in a nutshell is that your metabolism is set up, you're, um, you know, you're eating fewer calories, and any times you do overeat or you do have too many calories, it's not going to wind up being stored as fat. So that's a really good start. That's a good advert for why a high-protein diet is a good thing. In terms of supplements, though, because that's also food, how do you choose which supplement to take? Now, Everything's got protein added to it these days. Um, I saw actually only yesterday, I'm sure I saw um, whilst doing a little bit of research, a packet of Maltesers with added protein, which I thought was ridiculous. Um, that's a bit of a health halo, which basically means if you put protein on the front of anything, immediately people think it's healthier. Um, but the important thing is, is that before you start supplementing, food comes first. So you need to make sure that you're having one to two palm-sized portions of protein per day, um, and you're having it kind of three or four times per sorry not hang on one to two palm-sized portions of protein per meal and then three to four meals per day and that will give you roughly the right amount of protein okay if you're more active um we'll get into this in sort of how much you should have but if you're more active you should have more if you're less active you should have less okay um in terms of which supplement the only thing that i would recommend is a, a powdered protein supplement which is at least 80% protein, anything less than 80% protein, and it's probably a weight gaining shake or um, some kind of meal replacement or something like that. It, you want it to be almost entirely made up of protein, maybe a few flavorings in there or whatever, no carbohydrates, no fats, just protein. And if you're gonna choose one, um, whey protein is, uh, is probably the best technically, 
uh, although lots of people don't digest um, dairy products particularly well. So if that's you, then what I suggest you do is a rice or pea protein um, combo, which is something that they should come together because the two of them together create a full um, what's termed amino acid profile. So you get all the different types of protein that you need in that protein. Okay, so don't just buy rice, we'll just buy pea, get a combination. Um, and basically if you go anywhere now they'll sell rice and pea combinations if it's labeled as vegan protein because the people selling the protein know this too so um that's that's what i would recommend that you do now the thing that i tell you to avoid is having supplemented protein in the form of protein bars i'm not a big fan of um having supplemented protein in terms of having protein enriched foods like i said the protein maltesers not a fan of stick to protein powder and stick to food they tend to work best um, and then the last thing I'd say is make sure that you're sort of conscious of sort of not just adding tons of protein powder into your diet. You're looking to supplement protein where it's needed, as opposed to thinking, I'm just going to chuck loads of extra protein in. because protein powder comes with calories, right? So um, you should still be applying kind of like mindfulness principles to it. Um, in terms of how much you need, some of you will be out there, you'll be data heads, and you will want to know how many grams of protein do I want? So I'll tell you. And basically, if we are on the right hand side here, you have your your weight here. So in pounds or kilograms, I'll stick with kilos. So if you're a 91 kilo person, and this doesn't matter whether you're male or female, then you want to be in, as far as I'm concerned, this box here. So you want to be having between 164 and 246 grams of protein. Now, if you're extremely active and very lean, then you want to be having 246 grams of protein per day. And that would be represented by having two palm-sized portions of protein per meal four times a day. Okay, you get the idea. If you're less active and you're more overweight, then you want to be having the lower end. And so then you will have um, 164, which would probably be more easily achieved by having one palm-sized portion of protein three times a day. Okay, now... That may not be enough, but that is roughly, that's going to work out well enough for it to be practical, okay, rather than you having to weigh and measure everything. Um, the best time to actually have your shake is post-workout, because that's the point at which it's most, um, it's best absorbed, that's the point it's most utilised, um, but that's only a small thing. So if your total protein intake is sufficient, then a lot of the benefits of having the, the post-workout shake are eliminated. So uh, don't be too worried about that. And as I said before, be cautious. Liquid, calorie, liquid calories are something you need to be worried about. So think about making sure that you're supplementing where you should be having protein in your current diet rather than adding it just to your diet because you think more is better, okay? Protein powders have calories and that's that in itself is something to be aware of, okay? So... That's kind of, that's the protein summary. Uh, obviously, if you have any questions, then drop me a message, okay? The next one is something that you're probably all very familiar with, at least I would imagine so, which is caffeine, okay? And caffeine is one of the sort of, it's, it's a really, it's actually a very sort of good fat loss supplement. Um, and it can help people with a number of things. The main thing being that it helps to re release adrenaline and dopamine, which is basically going to rev you up and get the uh, the heat production started. Um, as a result of that, it increases heat production and it actually helps your body use fats for fuel. Um, and it does this by, um, by basically blocking what are called phosphodiesterases, which are effectively um, enzymes that encourage the mobilization of fats for burning, or, or sorry, the other way around. They block the... Um, the 
uh, mobilization of fats for burning. So the those are the kind of main things. So if you're if you're already on caffeine, so if you're already in a, a deficit, then the caffeine will basically increase your metabolism on a general sense, but also improve your ability to liberate fats and use them as fuel. So you're more likely to keep your glycogen in your muscles, use the fats in your body tissue as fuel. And so you're working out, you're walking, you're training, all that kind of stuff will be actively sort of pulling fats out of the system and burning them off as opposed to just using the stored glycogen in your muscles, okay? It's all a question of if I'm in a deficit, what substrates am I going to use, okay? That's all it is. The thing in terms of dosage is you want to be taking between 200 and 400 milligrams per day. Most people, in fact, almost everyone, I have to say almost because almost is excluding all the special people because there's always special people, um, is that 400 milligrams is, is, is manageable for pretty much everyone, okay? Um, you could go higher than that. Lots of people do go higher than that, but that's up to you and you can do what you like. Um, the In terms of what you get in what, here's a nice little sort of summary, um, which is that, you know, a Coke, Zero has 36 milligrams of caffeine. So you could have, I don't know how many is that looks like about 12, 12 of them, or you could have three brewed coffees um, and you're getting to the same thing. This is all 400 uh, milligram dosages, I believe. Um, and the things that you need to worry about with caffeine are fairly obvious, okay? You may not do well lots of caffeine and you'll know that, um, in which case this is not for you. Don't take it on an empty stomach unless you can avoid it because it causes upset, um, sort of GI upset, which is gastrointestinal upset. At the same time, it may not with you, so it might be fine, but that's just a warning. Um, and then the other thing as well, this is kind of the big one, is that caffeine impairs sleep, sleep quality. So if you struggle to sleep well, if you don't feel like you get enough sleep, you probably should be dialing back on the caffeine, okay? So five to six hour half-life means that, say for example, you have a cup of brewed coffee, 163 milligrams. Um, let's just say 150 for the ease of my maths. 100, let's say it's 150 milligrams because you have a slightly smaller one. Um, by you have that with breakfast, by after just after lunch, then you've got 75 milligrams left in the system. Um, and then by dinner time, you've got 30 ish left in your system. You still got 30 milligrams left in your system. It's like having a diet coke before you go to bed, okay? Or a coke zero before you go to bed. Um, apparently, diet coke has more in it than coke zero. Who knew? Um, so it's something to be conscious of is that actually it, the caffeine will stick around your system for a while. Okay. And this is why, um, you know, it's caffeine is quite a tricky one because there are benefits, but there are also drawbacks. Everyone, people vary quite significantly in terms of their tolerance and their, their speed of metabolism of caffeine and their response to caffeine. So experiment for yourself, try and stick within the limits in terms of two to 400 grams, uh, milligrams, definitely not grams. Um, and then it should help you to actually make the most of the progress that you're already making, okay? The third one is called 5-HTP. And I'm not gonna tell you what that stands for because it's very long and I can't tell you what it is. What it does is it basically improves serotonin signaling, um, which is linked to carbohydrate craving. So basically, if you have improper uh, serotonin signaling, then that can sometimes manifest itself as having carbohydrate cravings. And what this will do is acts as an intermediate between tryptophan and serotonin, um, which basically means that the whole system works better. Okay, that's all you need to know. The important thing is, is that if you have, um, if you have like, for example, a dose before bed, then it will give you, it will it will help you to eat sort of fewer carbohydrates at dinner, but it will also, sorry, not before bed, before dinner, it will help you to eat fewer, fewer carbohydrates before dinner, but it will also help you to um, have sort of reduced food cravings after dinner if that's a big deal for you. So this is an important one. 
The other thing is, as an added bonus, it may also help with sleep quality because it is also um, part of melatonin production as well. So that could that could potentially help you if that's something that you're struggling with. So what you should be aiming for is something like 300 to 500 milligrams per day, 30 minutes before your evening meal. Um, and every once in a while, you need to take some time off just so you can assess that the stuff is still working. So we might be saying sort of, um, sort of, I don't know, once every six months or so, take a couple of weeks out just to get a feel for how it feels without it, and then come back again. Um, if you don't feel any different, it's a chance that this supplement starts to wear off, and you should probably leave it um, and leave it for a little while longer before trying again. Um, that's that's basically how you should take it. And if this, if this, if you're the kind of person who you know, struggles with evening um sort of sweet cravings then this is definitely one to have a go at okay the last one is green tea extract which is also known as very long word acronym egcg and what it does is it inhibits an enzyme that helps your body to store fat so your your fat is constantly turning over so for example fats are being liberated and put into the bloodstream at the same speed generally if you're keeping a solid weight um as they are being taken out of the bloodstream and stored into tissue Okay, so it's always a cycle that you're trying to make the out go faster than the in. Okay, and obviously, if you eat too much, then the in goes faster than the out. So, what it does is it actually stops your body's ability to actually, or it reduces your body's ability to store fats from the bloodstream into the um into the tissue which means that if you're in a deficit you will then use those fats as fuel because they're readily available because you're there's too much um going on there's too sort of more available fats than they would be normally and so they're preferentially used again this is a really good thing if you're in a deficit and it has been shown to decrease body weight by sort of between 0.6 and 0.25 um, over the period of 12 weeks which is actually a lot like that's quite a lot so in order to achieve that, what you need to do is you need to take 400 to 500 milligrams of uh, EGCG daily, and then that will sort you out, okay? There's roughly 50 to 100 milligrams per cup, so you might be looking at, well, you could do the maths, um, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight cups a day or something to get it right, um, and for most people, that's too much green tea. So I suggest, that and there's also a bit of an error margin you might over or underdo it so i would suggest if you're gonna if you're gonna do it take the supplement because then you know how much is in it because that's the active ingredient and then if you're um into green tea just drink it at leisure okay if you're gonna have 10 cups a day then that's a different thing but um that's why i suggest you do and that's and that will you know has been shown to make a real difference in terms of helping people to 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 shift fat quickly so um they're kind of that's that's the overview of all the things that you should be doing okay so we've got protein caffeine, HTP, green tea extract, four things that actually really make a difference. There's also loads of things that sort of make a difference. There's loads of things that don't work, but there's two that I really want you to avoid because they're either very popular or potentially problematic. The first one, which is very popular, is raspberry ketones. Now, I see these advertised, or I have seen these advertised all the time. Raspberry ketones are recommended by Dr. Oz, who is one of those snake oil salesmen that I spoke about before. Um, and what it does is it supposedly helps fat oxidation, which is kind of the similar thing we're talking about. It helps your body to liberate fats more easily so that you can use them if you're in a deficit. Now, there's no evidence at all in humans that it works. Where it actually came from is an animal toxicity study where they were trying to kill rats with different things. And they noticed that these rats lost weight because they gave them so many. Um, if you were to give a, a... Humans are unable to orally consume by a tablet form. Um, enough raspberry ketone to elicit what was needed to make the rats lose weight and ultimately kill them. Um, and that's 
therefore not something that I recommend. So these doses are far too light that in whatever they're recommending um, to um, actually sort of to work. You've also got, it's, it's confounded in, in human trials. So for example, we've got Raspberry Ketone Plus here, as seen on Fox TV, with Akai, African Mango and Green Tea, okay? So what they do is they use something like this and they test this as a Raspberry Ketone Plus, but actually the active ingredient is, it the, is the green tea in it, as we've just discussed, because that actually works. Um, Akai and African Mango, I don't think they work. I think that's just because it sounds good. Um, and the raspberry ketone doesn't work either. But what they found is, is that, oh, this supplement helps people, but actually it's the green tea. So it's a confounded problem uh, and not something that I would recommend. The other one is detox teas. Now, you may have seen these. I've had a few clients in the past that have told me that they're taking them. Um, and I would strongly recommend that if you know anyone who's taking them, you should discourage them immediately because uh, senna, which is the active ingredient, which is what you usually find in laxatives, um, has no link to fat metabolism whatsoever. And so it cannot help you lose fat. All it does is it basically clears you out for two weeks. That's what they do. Um, and as a result, you lose weight. And then you think, this is brilliant. And they say, after 14 days, you should stop because it'll stop working. So what they then do is that you put the weight back on again while you eat food, and then the whole process continues, okay? So laxatives, I think laxatives aren't as glamorous as this dude thinks they are. They can lead to accidents, which is the more lighthearted problems. The less lighthearted problems are malnutrition risk. If you're constantly taking laxatives, your body's ability to uptake nutrients will be impaired, specifically things like vitamins and minerals. Um, and eating disorders. So it can lead to people thinking, I need to take this tea all the time. Um, and that is a big problem. Okay, so if you know anyone who is on this, I would recommend that you tell them to stop. Um, and it's definitely not something worth pursuing. Okay, so in summary, what I'd recommend that you guys do is that um, you start with protein. That's the most important one. 1 1.8 to 2.7 grams per kilogram of body weight spread over three to four meals every day okay 200 to 400 milligrams of caffeine is a good idea have it before noon um, and then 300 to 500 milligrams of htp 30 minutes before dinner now that's that's another good one okay and then the last thing is just sticking in 400 to 500 milligrams of green tea extract every day adding all these four things together will make a big difference um sort of combined in terms of your fat loss but it does require you as I've already said six times already in this little video, is uh, to make sure that you're already eating well, doing your training, doing your walking, all that kind of stuff, and actually making decent progress already, okay? Um, there is no limit to this kind of stuff in terms of how much of it you can have. Um, I think that um, all of the disclaimers and before you, I would recommend that before you actually do take anything, I'd like you to visit examine.com and I'd like you to read their extensive overview of all the reasons that you might not want to take these. Um, for example, the one that springs out of me, there's not anything serious, but the one that springs out of me is because 5-HTP uh, affects serotonin metabolism. Uh, it can be problematic if you're on antidepressants or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Okay, so these kinds of things that you need to worry about. Don't listen to me. Go to examine.com and make your own decision, which is an independent thing. Um, but this, as a starting point, is where I would recommend that you begin. Okay, so um, I hope that was useful. If you have any questions, then please let me know. And I'm sure I'll speak to you all very soon. Thanks.